Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for 45 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com. Our series, of course, starts off with the basic seminar, followed by the life success course and the leadership classes. And tonight, we are talking about activating your superpowers. First off, we have Mr. Rob Rowe with us. Rob is one of the facilitators in the basic division. He has been involved with PSI seminars for over 22 years, including the Life Success Course and Men's Leadership Seminar. He is an avid golfer, loves to read, and is involved in a number of charities. Rob, are you with us? I'm here. Wonderful. We're so we're excited to have you on this call back again from last month, and you're the perfect person to speak on activating your superpowers. Well, good evening. Um Hi, everybody. Glad you guys are on the call. The reason I guess I got picked for this particular one is because she's right. I love the superpower concept. I think we are all superheroes, so to speak. And um, realizing our superhero-ness creates a different lifestyle for when we do our own lives, what we want to do on. So the idea is you want to be a hero, huh? You want to unlock, activate, or discover the superpowers within. Well, and thinking about that, I had to realize that, well, the first thing we got to embrace is the truth about who you really are. See, you really are a Superman. You really are a Wonder Woman. We are all Supermen. We are all Wonder Women. But we're sort of a Superman, Wonder Woman in a Dorothy, Wizard of Oz type of way, in a Beauty and Beast kind of way. Superman and Wonder Woman are always Superman and Wonder Woman, despite their appearance or in spite what's going on, whereas Dorothy, who's asleep, and the beast, who is cursed, uh, they must work through something. And so it looks like we as human beings, part of the process of being here on the planet is working through the journey to discover and, and ignite our superpowers. So we got to wake up and break the curse. That's the whole idea behind it. So... That's why you can look at yourself sometimes, like I have looked at myself sometimes, and asked, why? Why have I not performed at my best? Why am I not operating at a level that I know I can actually operate at? And I think the reasons that I have felt that way, and possibly the reason you have felt that way, is because we don't perform at our best. We perform at our beliefs. We think we're performing at our best, but the true fact of the matter is, as human beings, we are performing at the level of our belief system. So unlike Superman or Wonder Woman, our job is not to save others or save the world, which sometimes I believe we get caught off on and we get lost in. But our job basically is to break the curse that's keeping us a beast or wake ourselves up and bring ourselves out of bed like um, Dorothy needs to do. And so in, bringing, in breaking the curse or waking up, now we bring peace of mind to ourselves, which in turn will bring peace of mind to the world. And in bringing that to the world, we'll, in essence, be saving the world by saving ourselves. Knowing our purpose puts all things into perspective, puts it all into a different perspective, I find. 
And so when you realize your purpose isn't to save the world, but you realize your purpose is to discover who you are, you now begin to look at things a little bit differently. And so one of the things I want to look at differently is a thing called the Trinity of Consciousness. Now, if you've taken the basic, you know what the Trinity of Consciousness is because we've talked about it a few times. And those of you who uh, are out there who may have not taken the basic, let me do my best to explain it to you. We have three levels of mind. First off is what we refer to as our conscious mind. Our conscious mind has basically one purpose. It's all about reason and logic. It is it's, it's interpreting our world, it's looking at our world, and it's requesting on how we want to do things within our world or how we want to act within our world. It also houses our five physical senses, and that's how it actually interacts with the world. That's our conscious mind. Underneath is our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind is filled with things like memories, emotions, intuition, creativity, and also down there is a thing called the anatomical nervous system. It's that beautiful, magical thing that makes you not have to worry about breathing, blinking your eyes, making your heartbeat, uh, keeping your body alive. It takes care of all that for you so you don't have to think about it. Also what's in our subconscious mind is a thing called program. Programs are belief systems. They're structured actions that we take on or that we have developed over repetition or over some sort of emotional involvement throughout our lives. Programs are hugely powerful because they allow us not to have to be totally conscious of what's right before us, but brings us through a series of actions so that we can create a particular event. A lot of times we, I talk about programs simply as this. There's one time where you actually had to learn how to drive a car. You may go way, way back when, but there was a time where you had to actually think about driving the car. You had to put your hands at 10 and 2. Maybe back at that time you used a thing called a blinker to let people know where and where you were going. Uh, you used rear view mirrors. You talked all the way through, and you had to think about every particular action about driving the car, and it was rather cumbersome. Those veteran car drivers now, if you've been driving a car for a long time, you don't actually put a lot of energy into driving the car. As a matter of fact, you might find yourself doing things automatically, uh, blinkering and moving around without even thinking about it. I imagine uh, you may have had this experience, I know I have, uh, where you're driving your car and you're coming back home, and then all of a sudden, without realizing it, you're pulling up into your driveway and you may ask yourself, how the heck did I get here? That's the power of programming. Programming is keeping you on the road, keeping you conscious, keeping you aware of what's all around you, and part of your mind doesn't even have to be present. I've got three sisters, and when we used to drive with them when I was younger, they used to drive at 60, 70 miles an hour, and they'd have their face about two and a half inches away from a mirror doing their eyeliner. Who was driving the car? That's what I'm talking about. That's a program system that's actually driving the car. We have a lot of program systems that are based upon our beliefs about the world, about those around us, and about ourselves that automatically send out patterns so that we execute and create what we say we want to create immediately. That's the whole idea about program. And so there's programs that are down there. Some are working for us, some are not working for us, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Our third level of consciousness is the thing called the superconscious mind. That's where inspiration and, and, and the other comes from. And so that's the power that generates all things and keeps us going forward. So we have three levels of mind. Now what happens is this. 
our conscious mind makes a request and it requests it to our superconscious mind, much like Genie and Aladdin. Aladdin would make a quest to Genie and Genie would fulfill that quest. Aladdin Genie comes from a book called Aladdin the 40 Thieves. And back then in that particular book, you didn't just get one wish, you didn't get just three wishes. You got as many wishes as you wanted. And the reason you got as many wishes as you wanted, because the writer wanted to teach the youth culture at the time, be careful for what you wish for, because you're always going to get it. And so our conscious mind makes a request to our subconscious mind, which uses the superconscious mind to fulfill that request and create whatever we say we want in our world. The subconscious mind, its job is to creatively ensure you live in accordance with, your, with the truth as you see it. And so it's going to act and create in a very creative way to let you create the truth in how you see that truth and how you work that truth out in your world. So let's say you're Aladdin, basically makes a request. I would love to have a new car. As a matter of fact, that Ferrari, that Ferrari looks really nice. That uh, BMW looks really nice, or I'd like to have maybe a Cadillac. So that's the request. A new vehicle, I want to have a nice vehicle. It goes down to the subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind basically assesses that request immediately through a program. Or two programs, or three programs, because we have thousands of programs inside of us. Belief systems inside of us. And those belief systems basically are structured based on how we grew up and how we lived and how we operate as we grew up and lived. And so what takes place is that it comes in, the request is hit, it has, what it hears is, I want a new vehicle. The program says, yeah, but you can't afford that particular vehicle. You can't afford that particular car. There's no way for you to make payments on that. Another program jumps up and says, you can't have a better car than your dad or your mom. Another program comes up and says, you can't keep anything nice, and so you can't get a really nice car. Another program comes up and says, um, it's you're, you're being outrageous. You're spending way too much money. Use that money to give to the poor. So all of a sudden, you have these converging programs jumping up and saying, you can't have the Ferrari. You can't have the BMW, but you can't afford this Toyota. And suddenly, the result that you have now is the Toyota. So the result is a reflection of what you believe about yourself. It's not about doing your best, but it's about beginning to see what it is you believe, what it is you actually own inside. So the request is made, the subconscious with programming gives you a result, and that result reflects the beliefs that you have about yourself, about others, and or the world. And so you can see a problem that comes up here. The problem comes up is that the beliefs that we have inside of us, a lot of times were developed or created when we were extremely young. And so they were, they are what I would refer to as immature belief systems or in some ways stagnant belief systems or in many ways stale belief systems. And so when we have these stagnant, immature, stale belief systems, that have now become programs, then our subconscious mind, which is to creatively ensure that we live in accordance with the truth as we see it, creates a result that's not in alignment with what we think that we want. Hence, we say things like, I want to have an intimate, healthy, creative, powerful relationship. 
But you look at your life and maybe you find yourself to be single. The last relationship you had was horrible. It didn't work out well. Or you just got divorced because he was because he cheated on you or because she cheated on you. Something you say, but you know, in your mind, you say, I want to have a healthy relationship. So what's happening is in your mind, you may be saying that, but what's happening once it gets down into the subconscious mind and hits your programming, your programming goes to a place of a belief system. Men are no good. Women are no good. I don't deserve a great relationship. My parents only got on like this, or my parents got divorced. And so those convergence of programs creates a result in you. And that's you don't have an intimate, powerful relationship. Because what got creatively created was the belief you have about yourself, not the request that you made. You believe you don't deserve, or you believe that women are not good, or you believe that men are not good. And so you now have things in your life that you particularly don't want. But they're actually in alignment with exactly what you That's your superpower. Your subconscious gives you exactly what you believe you deserve. It does amazing things to ensure that you get what you believe you deserve. I mean, when I think about my life, there are times where I said I wanted to have a particular result. I wanted to be successful in this particular area. As you said, I'm an avid golfer. I wanted to make this six-foot putt. I know I can make a six-foot putt. I have made hundreds of six-foot putts in my life. This six-foot putt is for to win this particular golf tournament. So I put that I put that down in my subconscious mind. I want to win this tournament. And I walk up to that putt, and then what goes off in that programmed area is you don't deserve to win this tournament. You didn't work hard enough. You didn't practice long enough. You didn't do what was necessary. Then I walk up. And I'm sitting there with victory right there in my grasp, and I'm able to pull defeat out of the jaws of victory. That's what I mean. We don't operate at our best. We operate at our beliefs. And those beliefs come up, and that to miss that putt, the way I miss that putt, is a superhuman power. You, I, had to bring, I had to call for superhuman abilities to miss that little putt. But that's what we can do. That's how powerful that we are. And so the deal is that what, what, the, what the road is that we're on or the journey is that we're on is to educate and mature those belief systems. Unfortunately, you cannot know what your belief systems are until you actually act on your belief systems, until you attempt to achieve. I would not know that I didn't feel deserving until I walked up and missed that putt. Because the truth of the matter is, I'm the one who missed that putt. No one else did. I missed it. Which means that I chose to miss it at some level. And so what belief system is underneath me? What program system is underneath me that causes me to miss that putt? And that is, I didn't believe I was worthy. I didn't believe I was enough. I remember in... And so just I'll stay with that one. Just notice that you, what you believe about yourself. And so you don't perform at your best. You perform at your beliefs. Now, that makes it very important for us to begin to start listening to our lives. 
And I'll remind you once again, for those of you who have done the basic, there are three ways of listening. The first one is I agree. The second one is I disagree. They both from, come from a place of I already know. So you can't listen to your life. You can't look at your results from I already know. And the truth is you have to look at your results. They're often harsh, but they're always fair. They're always telling you something about you because they're reflections and mirrors of the belief system. It's the creation from your programming, your creativity, your intuition, drawing from inspiration and giving you the result. And so it's important for you to look at that result and see what is this result telling me about my belief system? What is it telling me about a particular program that's running me? What's it saying to me? And you can't hear what it's saying when you're listening from one of the first or the second way of listening. When you come from the place of I already know, then you come from the place of you think you know why that happened. And oftentimes when you come up with that kind of place, you're blaming why that happened on something else. I missed the putt because there was a severe break. I missed the putt because light got in my eyes. I have the Kia because that's all I can afford. I have the Kia because I don't, I can't, I can't, I don't deserve more. I have this poor relationship because I, you know, I choose poorly when it comes to women or I choose poorly when it comes to men. And so when we come from I know that we make up stuff about the moment that has nothing to do with the moment. It's nothing to do with the result. It has nothing to do with, with what our body is trying to tell us. So we have to come from that third way of listening. And that third way of listening is allowing yourself to be with what's happening in your world and notice what goes on as you're being with them. We must listen to our lives. And listening to our lives we allow ourselves to begin to educate, we begin to challenge, and we begin to transform these beliefs and these programs into something more mature and more powerful and in alignment with the superhero that you truly are. Now, this is where our superpower techniques begin to come in. Because we can't even start using some of the tools and techniques that we've gotten from these classes until we actually realize we're the one who's creating this system. We're the one who's creating our results. And those results are a reflection of what we believe about ourselves. What we think we deserve based on programming from when we were generally very, very small up until we were 18 years old. And so we have to educate, I said, those belief systems by listening to what's happening in our world and now using the techniques to work through that particular world. See, to mature a stagnant or immature belief system, we got to employ the actual methods that created that particular system. The methods that creates our programs is either a repetition action or an emotional involvement action. Repetition means you were told something over and over and over again, or you did something over and over and over again, and because you did it over and over and over and over again, now it becomes an accepted belief about you or about the world. And emotional involvement means that something from a high emotional nature took place. It might have been only an action uh, uh, happening, and because of that action or happening, you made up something about yourself, and now you believe that's something to be true. You believe that's something that is reality when exactly all it is is a belief you made up in that particular moment 
about yourself because of that particular action. Uh, personally, I can remember when I was small, my dad was asked me to clear the, clear the yard of uh, debris so we can mow the lawn. And I was pretty small, about five, five, maybe six years old at the time. And I remember I did, you know, I wanted to be a good kid and I wanted to do the right thing. So I cleared out the whole yard and I really did work hard on that. And um, all of a sudden, about halfway through mowing the lawn, he stopped. And then he looks over at me and he yells at me to come on over to him. I walk over to him and he starts tapping me on the head. And what he says basically is, what's wrong with you? Are you stupid? I don't know what he's talking about. I know he stopped there at the grass, and I'm trying to figure out why he stopped, why he's angry, and why he's hitting me on the head. I don't know exactly what's going on, so I decide, well, what's, it must be something right in front of me, and I just can't see it. So I drop to my legs, drop to my knees, I start pressing on the ground, and in a moment, all of a sudden, I found something that I've been looking for for a long time. See, when I was a kid, we didn't have army men. I had these cowboys and Indians, and they had particular colors to them. Some were blue, some were yellow, some were red, some were green. I believe the horse was brown. And so when I spread my house hands on the ground, all of a sudden I felt these things, and I picked them up, and I go, oh, my gosh, there you are. I had been looking for these guys for a long time. And so I was really excited for just a moment, but I also knew that I was really in trouble. And then I started crying, and my dad always hates it when I cry. I had three sisters, and I'm not supposed to cry and all that kind of stuff. And so I jumped up, and as I walked away, what I thought about was, what's wrong with me? Am I stupid? I couldn't see these things. I couldn't see them in the ground. I couldn't see them in the grass. It's an emotionally charged moment. What we would discover probably eight years later in my life, that I am extremely colorblind. Being extremely colorblind, I could not see the green figure or the red figure in the grass. They were all one piece there. And so the belief system I walked away with was, I am stupid, and there's something wrong with me. And so when I request things throughout my life, what happens is it says, something's wrong with you, you don't get that, or no, you're stupid, and you don't deserve that. So that's been programming that I personally have worked with in my life and really, really, we, you know, just did a lot of overcoming throughout the years when it comes through my work with Sci Seminar. And so emotional involvement and um, repetition. And so when we think about our courses, that's why we have designed them in this particular way. Uh, we have our basic course, which is an awareness course. And it's an awareness training that allows you to become aware of things in your world. For one, becoming aware that you are operating off of programs. Um, you are basically allowing yourself to utilize these programs. And these programs are the thing that's creating your life, not necessarily you. And so once you become aware of these programs, that's why we have our second course called the Life Success Course. This is a transformational training. This class is designed to transform these programs by educating them, by maturing them, therefore creating immediate difference within your life. And we're going to transform them in a very minimal amount of time, utilizing an emotional involvement, therefore maturing the programs and transforming them into a higher level program so you no longer have to operate from an insecure, stagnant, or immature level.
so your programming becomes much more I/O elevated. Then we have our leadership classes, and our leadership classes are designed for you to become a leader of self and begin to use the tools that the classes offer on a regular basis, therefore creating a life by design, a life reflected of a super person, of a wonder woman, of a superman, of the person that you want to be. And so it's from these classes that I pulled out a few tools that you can now utilize to activate your superpowers from within. One set of tools I call the emotional involvement tools. This tool is something I say emotional involvement, which you have to get yourself emotionally and physically involved. The first tool I looked at is a thing called vision work. Vision work is the um, tool where you will look at your life from a 20-year vision, and you'll write that vision out, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, 5 years, and you'll spend a few days getting yourself in a place where you can write out a 20-year vision about your life. See, vision is the thing that draws us forward into it. Um, and so that's why you want to have a vision. You may have heard things like, a man without vision perishes, a man without vision dies. Well, this is what happens. Um, the illustration I'll use is Christmas time. Um, as a small child, when we came up upon Christmas, and I'm not sure if everybody had Christmas, so you might want to use your birthday in this particular case. But when we came up about a big event like that, we felt this we felt this energy inside of us, and we were so excited, and we were waiting for the moment. This anticipation energy was a thing called joy, and we're experiencing joy because we're looking forward to a particular event, and we're awaiting that event. And so, joy is all that energy that we felt up to that particular event. You know it's joy because once you got to the event and you actually opened up the Christmas presents or the birthday presents, all that energy went away. See, joy is an anticipation of something, and it's an energy that draws us to that particular thing. That's why we make a vision. When you make a 20-year vision and you see who you will become in 20 years, you are now drawn to that, and now your superman and your superwoman will become that throughout everything that you do in your life to that point. And so vision work is not a goal system. It's not It's not an activity system. It's been something that you set out there 20 years in advance, and then you'll move yourself through. So we take that in contrast to a man without a vision perishes. Well, that's what dread is. Dread is the anticipation of something bad happening or nothing happening. The anticipation of being alone. The anticipation of having nothing. And so when I equate it to Christmas, joy is a winter with a Christmas, and dread is a winter with no Christmases. It just continues and goes on. And so doing some vision work, that's an emotional involvement tool that you want to utilize um, when you're working with, you know, when you're becoming, uh, when you're creating, when you're, when you're developing your superpowers and you're activating your superpowers within. Another emotional involvement things are take other classes, you know, um, we have things like the summit, or we have things like Principia, or we have things like Next Ten. The reason we have these is so that you can become emotionally involved with them and do a great deal of work establishing a different or a more mature thought process through a series of, of events that once again transform you into that into that superhuman that you want to be. There's also some some repetitive tools. 
These are tools that are based off repetition. You've got to use them all the time. You've got to bring them up all the time. Uh, the first one to bring up is a thing that comes from game therapy or game theory. Um, it's the third level of game therapy. See, in game theory, uh, there are three critical elements. One are the players. You've got to have players to have a game. Uh, the second one is um, the rules. You've got to have rules to be able to play a particular game. And then the third thing is time. And that's the thing that we use a lot inside seminars when we're working with a repetitive tool. Time. See, time is always based off the future. And what we come up with is this. What isn't is more important than what is. What isn't stay, needs to stay more important than what is. Mr. Wilhite said, even if you find yourself at a 10, your life is fantastic right now. Even though it's at a 10, now what's, what's, it can go to 100. And once you get to 100, now it can go to 1,000. You liken it to climbing up a mountain peak, and once you get to a certain summit on the mountain peak, now you can look out at your world and say, wow, there's another summit to go to. Once you get to Nepal, now you get an idea where you can travel to with Nepal. Once you get into France, now you get an idea where you want to go in France. So there's always more, there's always bigger, there's always better. Not what you have achieved thus far is any less than, but what you achieved thus far has gotten you to the place where now you can go farther out. So what isn't must become more important than what is to always draw you forward. How that, how that works in a practical sense when you work in your life is something like this. So what's your relationship at right now? You can say it's at a nine. Or let's say it's at a seven. Or let's say it's at a six. That's what it is right now. Well, what needs to be more important is the 10 that you want it to be at. That's the idea. And so you have that in mind. I want it to be at that 10, and you see it as that 10. And so that's got to be the most important because that will draw you into keep going into this relationship with fervor, with conviction and desire to make it happen and make it work in that scenario. And so the reversal of the time frame works at this. When what is becomes more important than what isn't, you'll stop playing the game. ID this. When the six that your relationship is at becomes more important than the ten it can be at, the game is over. You'll basically sabotage the game. And so when you find yourself sabotaging the game, you find yourself destroying the game, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's your career, whether it's your relationship with your children, that's where you look and realize what is has become more important than what isn't. And so you got to make what isn't more important than what is. And so that's one tool that we use. First day, last day is an awesome tool that we use because first day, last day is looking at today is not only the first day energy that you're bringing to each and every day of your life, but also what if today were your last day? What if it truly was your last day? If you could see this day as possibly the very last day of your life, how might you live it differently than you're living it right now? This is a marvelous tool to bring into each and every moment. If you find yourself becoming bored in a moment or you find yourself becoming frustrated in a moment, you are not treating it as if it's your last day. What you're treating it as if it's you've got thousands of days to play with and you know you don't. You're not even sure how many days you have to play with. And so first day, last day needs to become a belief that you employ versus a concept that you follow. And so that's one of the things that we work on. Goals. Goals is another repetitive tool. See, goals are not designed for you to get something. Goals are not designed for you to achieve something. Goals were not designed for you to basically accumulate things around you. Goals are there for you to become a different person. 
That's why we put goals in our life, because we must become a different person to achieve that particular goal. And in so doing and becoming the different person, we must call forth superpowers to do so. Because a goal always has that dark night of the soul. The goal always has that place where it seems like it's impossible to figure out. And it's at that time that we call forth things that we didn't even know that we had. And so that's the beauty and the love and the fun about having goals. So goals becomes yet another tool that we can use. There's perception tools that we can use to call forth our superpowers. One of the perception tools I use all the time, I refer to it as simply have to, want to. There's a lot of things in our life that we feel like we have to do, have to do, have to do. Unfortunately, when you have to do things, then we have to become really disciplined to do things, and we become fairly frustrated with doing those things. That's a way that we see our world. That's a belief system or a program that we put into, this, into our actual activities. I say transform the have to and make it into a want to. The want to. Because if you have to, then you're coming from a place of discipline. Want to, you're coming from a place of desire. Have to, it's because it needs to be done. Want to, there's a desire to make it happen. Have to, you're just trudging on through. Want to, you find yourself become passionate, and creative, and powerful, and you make things happen. And so start looking at what you're doing in your day-to-day activities, and are, are you treating them as have-tos, or are you treating them as want-tos? And if they're have-tos, start transforming them into want-tos. If you can't transform them into want-tos, maybe they shouldn't be in your daily activities. Maybe they shouldn't be a part of your system. It's probably they're not in alignment with with the vision of who you want to be by the end of your life. There's a few more of the the perception tools. One of them I just want to bring up, um, you work with in the basic, and it's called victim responsible. And um, victim responsible... That's where you come from a place of victim means that the world is happening to you and responsible is, no, you're happening to the world. Everything that's happening, is, it's not happening um, by chance. It's happening by your creation. And so it's the perception of seeing the world as a place that you're creating what you want moment by moment by moment. You're responsible for what's taking place versus it's happening to you. In other words, in living in a world from victim, we're always operating a place that something is out to get us. Whether it's a person, whether it's God, or whether it's the universe, something is out to get us and keep us in this place. Responsible is, no, I'm the one who's originating what's taking place. When you come from I'm the one who's originating, you're developing self-esteem, self-worth, and self-desire. Coming from, I'm victimized, you're killing your self-esteem, you're killing your self-worth, and you're killing your desire. So those are that's a tool that we use from the perceptive point. And I can see that I've talked for a long time, so we're running out of time in this situation. There's other tools that we use when it comes to perception, but I just want to jump to a couple of support tools. First off, Mastermind is one of the greatest ways to develop and get your superpowers working. Mastermind means you have a group of people of which you're working with, five to ten people of which you're working with to create what it is you say you want to create. See, we only grow in proportion to our five closest friends. And so the five closest people to you, that's as far as it you'll grow. And so when you get a mastermind, 
you get people who are elevated. They have they either make more money than you, or they have great relationships, or they've created the businesses you want to have. And so you get in relationship with these people, and you will call for superpowers to become like these people and elevate yourself to a different level. Coaching is yet another great tool that you can use. Um, that's why we have our PLD program. Coaching basically is is your coach gets to see you from the outside. And seeing you from the outside, they can see some of the programs that you are running because they at times can see you better than you're seeing yourself. And they can give you feedback, and that feedback you can now utilize and start educating whatever belief or whatever program is keeping you in that particular place. Mentoring. Who's your superhero? Who do you look up to? And how do you look up to them? And then there's the secret powerful tool, screen of the mind, uh, workshop. These are big ones that we use throughout um, all of our classes. The foundation of all these basically is our I am concept. I am a leader. I am a leader of self. Your I ams. I am powerful. I am caring. I am loving. I am creative. What are your continuous I am's? And are you employing those? Are you sinking those in with your beliefs and your program system to break up your world of have to and creating a world of want to or of desire? That's why we have our leadership class. I am a leader. A leader takes control of their thoughts. A leader keeps control of their programs and they mature them and they take control of their beliefs and they educate them to begin to create the world that they know they say they want to have in their life. So it's through this that you'll break the curse on the beast or it's through this that you'll wake Dorothea. And so it's through these kind of things that you'll, your superpowers will become activated and emerge and you'll discover them as you go. And Kat, I can tell I've gone a little bit over time. I know we have some questions, so I'll stop here. I have some things to say at the end, and I'll say those at the end. So, any questions? Uh, yes, we do have quite a few questions. And before we go into questions, I just want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes. If you want more tools to support you in stepping into your personal power, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And if there are results that you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs and discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The Basic is an experiential class, and you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there is anything you want more, better, or different for yourself in your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psibasicseminar.com. So for questions, first off from DA, what's the best way to discover one's inner strengths? The best way to discover one's inner strength is to follow your deepest desires. What do you really want to do in your life? Your desires are there because you have strengths 
that will be discovered in fulfilling your desire. And so the challenge is, what do I really want? What do I really want? I do a lot of meditation work, and one of the questions that you have to ask yourself on a, on a daily basis, what do you really want? What do I want? And so what do you want? If you want to be, it doesn't matter when it comes to vocation or if you want to have a great relationship, you got to look at it. What do I really want? And then take a stand for what you really want. Once you take a stand, once you decide and choose, this is what I will really want, now obstacles will come up that you are tailored for you so that when you overcome those obstacles, you will begin to realize your superpowers. You'll realize what you know what you have to offer this world and this planet and then you'll build upon that want and build upon it and build upon it and build upon it and create the life that you say that you want. next question uh next up from mk what are your top techniques to re-energize your superpowers and how do you shield yourself from your superpowers being drained uh, my top technique by far is uh meditation meditation is an idea. It's a, it's it's a multi multi there's various ways of doing meditation. There's relaxations meditations. There's guided meditations. There's all kind of meditations. But the purpose of meditation is to allow yourself to quiet your mind. In quieting your mind, you allow yourself to be connected to your personal power. And once you're connected to your personal power, you begin to re-energize who you are. I tend to be a bit of an introvert, and so I know that ways of re-energizing myself is not by being around a lot of people. The way I re-energize myself is being by myself, so I can be around a lot of people. When I'm around a lot of people, I exude a lot of energy, and therefore I need to be alone to re-energize that energy. One of the best ways for me to be alone is to meditate. Um, meditation doesn't have to be that long. Um, I've gone anywhere from doing it for hours, doing it for just 20 minutes, and five minutes will serve you. But once you get clean and begin to just let go, let go, let go, and surrender, you'll find yourself beginning to re-energize yourself. Shielding yourself, um, I don't think there's a great way, per se, of shielding yourself. Because those things that are coming up for you are coming up for you for you to overcome. And so uh, I can see a re-energizing time frame. But let's say you want, let's say you want to buy a car or you want to buy, um, you want to be financially independent or you want to do something with a financial type of type of goal. What's going to come up for you are issues that you are dealing with, like fears of investment i risked I, I invested money a long time ago and i lost it all or my parents invested a lot of money a long time ago and they lost it all and uh as kiyosaki said uh you gotta allow yourself to break out of that matter of fact sometimes you have to go basically bankrupt to realize that you can overcome anything once you come up from bankruptcy nothing can get in your way once you have that particular attitude you can overcome anything and so I'm not sure we can shield ourselves from everything. I think we just basically mentally prepare ourselves to handle whatever challenges come up. And those challenges are like iron sharpening our iron and making us into a sharper and more powerful human being. So I find, find them to be rather necessary. 
Next question. Great. Next from VW. What if your superpower alienates or intimidates others? And can using your superpower help others find and use theirs? Alienate and intimidate others. I think whenever you operate, especially from that clean place of your superpower, um, there'll be people who can be intimidated and alienated, but that's their doing and not yours. See, we figure out ways to separate ourselves from people. Uh, when we're working with our lives and we haven't really realized we're all connected, we have a tendency of doing whatever we can to separate ourselves, make ourselves better than, less than, more than, not enough. And so we'll compare ourselves to others. And so when someone's comparing themselves to you and now they feel alienated or they feel intimidated, that's what they're doing based off their own belief system, not because of what you're doing. You want to look at, you want to listen to, why does that bother you? Um, and what do you need to mature inside of you to be able to handle that? Once you're okay with, in, with it inside of you, then generally those closest to us will also find that same peace and be okay with it as well. Try to figure out why I would be intimidated. I can only think of it this way. When I fear that I am not enough and I see someone do something amazing, that's the time where I find myself shrinking away because I fear I cannot perform at that level and I won't be accepted. That's where my I told you stupid comes in. I'm, I'm not smart enough to be able to do it or something's wrong with me and I can't be able to do it. And then I find myself becoming intimidated or beginning to alienate myself. And that's where I realize, whoa, what are you doing? And that's where that belief needs to be educated and realized. And I need to see myself as, no, I am enough. Um, and I don't need to alienate myself from that scenario, from that situation. I believe that in using your superpower and using and just being you, being the authentic self, being the, being the true connected human being will always inspire others um, by either um, disrupting their worlds or um, bringing their worlds together. But I believe just you being yourself, it draws people to you who also want to be themselves. I think one of the superpowers that we don't even realize that we have is the law of attraction. Once we begin to become our authentic selves, we draw others who want to become authentic selves as well. And then we all begin to work off one another. Unfortunately, the opposite is true as well. When we get really down on ourselves or we see ourselves as not enough, see ourselves as stupid we surround ourselves by the same type of people and we become more so that and so breaking that scenario is the idea of listening to your life and saying i don't want to be that way anymore same thing is true for financial people those who want to create more money uh, and operate at that mental vibration they will always draw others who want to generate more money operate from that mental vibration those afraid of being poor or never having enough, they surround themselves with people being poor and the one enough. So you're always inspiring something, and you're always inspiring others. The point is, how are you inspiring them? Are you influencing them to a greater and more positive action, or are you influencing them to a lesser action? So my thing is, embrace your superpowers and inspire away and uh, inspire them to use their superpower. Next question. 
Next, AA wants to know how to be positive in a cynical world. Well, AA, when you look at the cynical world, see it as something that inspires you. People who have become cynical, that means they're hurt. People who are hurt want to heal. If they want to heal, that means there's a place to heal. And so even in cynicism or even in pain, there is a power of transformation. There's a power of motivation. There's a power of shift. See, when I do my classes, whether I've been at the ranch or now, when I do the basic, the most angry people or the most cynical people, they tend to be the ones who experience the very most pain. And so these people actually are looking for something. That's why they're that way. And so being you, you're giving them something to have. You're giving them something that inspires them to be bold, to move forward. And so don't concern yourself so much with trying to fix them. Always concern yourself with you embracing you and you becoming the honest, powerful, authentic human being. And that will either inspire them to move forward or not. It depends on where they are in their journey. People move at their own speeds and their own times. You don't have to be affected by them in a negative way. Everybody I know is cynical. I see him and I go, there's a good person under there. There's a really good person under there. And they're just waiting to get out. Next question. Next from DG. How can I learn to love myself even when I screw up? You know, that's a really good question because that's the real challenge, isn't it? Part of it, you have to look at your definition of love. Many people's definition of love is that people have to perform perfectly for them to be loved. And the truth of the matter is this. No, people, we either love them or we don't. People don't deserve love. Love is something that we express to everybody. Loving ourselves is the biggest challenge because we can't seem to love others until we love ourselves. And so when we've done something wrong, we're afraid that others are going to find out about it and they will be unacceptable. And so what's happening now is you're using their gauge to love yourself. And the truth is you can't use their gauge to love yourself because even if they loved you a ton, but you don't think you love yourself, you won't love yourself either. So your self-love starts with your first beginning to accept yourself in your totality. Once you begin to accept yourself in your totality and you start embracing what we talked about tonight a little bit, whatever you're doing is a mere reflection of a belief you have about yourself. It's not wrong. It's not stupid. It's there to share with you time to grow. It's there to share with you, please put some energy on me, put some energy here. So ultimately there's no failures or mistakes there's just these new beliefs or programs that are searching to become mature, to become healthy, and to become vibrant. I've talked to people like this over the years. What happens with us, if we look at it, when you pay no attention to a small child, they tend to become rambunctious and annoying, and they're crying out for attention all the time. That's the part of ourselves when we put no attention on. That's where we find ourselves doing something stupid or something crazy, or something we believe to be wrong, whatever negative assessment we have on. 
when you embrace love, accept a small child, now they begin to mature, authenticate, and grow into an adult human being. The same has to happen for you. You start accepting, you start embracing, you start nurturing this child, which means there's nothing stupid that you do, there's nothing wrong that you do. You're doing it because of a belief, and that belief needs some attention. It's operating in a place of immaturity, it's operating from a place of stagnation, it's operating from a place of not enough, and so you educate it, you embrace it, and therefore you're transforming yourself by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your belief system. I hope that sheds some light on that. That's a big thing I work with all the time. I'm pretty critical of myself. And so that criticism um, gets in my way uh, at times. So I really see the way out is through acceptance and love, self first, and then I can be accepted of my other. Next question. Yes, thank you. Uh, next from JW. How can I discipline myself and motivate myself when I feel down? Here's one of the tools that we use all the time. Don't give yourself a time frame to be down. Being down is a very important part of the process. Because until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're not going to move forward. Until you actually go, okay, I'm done with being this way, you're not going to jump out of it. And so allow yourself to embrace it completely. Part of the transformational process is, one, we go into a thing called resistance. Resistance means we don't accept what is. The way we get through resistance is acknowledge that we're in resistance. Acknowledge that resistance is present. The next step through it is a thing called acceptance. And acceptance is you got to give up what you think you already know. And so you think you know a certain way, and so you, that's, why, that's why you're down, that's why you're out, and that's why it's happening. Once you give up what you think you already know, then you experience that downness completely. You experience that depression completely, or you experience that anger completely. And once you experience it completely, you know you've done so because you'll be in a place called nothingness. You'll be like, ah. When you have a great meal and you've experienced that meal completely, there's that moment afterwards where you're like, ah. You had a great conversation and it's done. Ah. And from that, you can create something new. So shorten that time frame. Just give yourself a time frame. Give yourself maybe a day if, if, if it's something that you find yourself squandering in for days. Give yourself an hour. Give yourself a time frame, 10 minutes. You'll be amazed. When you give yourself a direct, a direct request, your subconscious creatively figures out a way to make that happen that's in alignment with your belief system, alignment with what you believe to be true. And so once you do that, you'll find yourself going through a transformational process in moments or in hours or in a mere day where before it used to take you months to get out of it or weeks to get out of it. And uh, you can pull it through a lot faster. That way you find yourself being the author and the director of your life, which is what super, super powers are supposed to help us do. Hope that helps you out. Next question. Uh, that was great, Rob. And actually, 
Uh, we're running out of time for questions here. If you could take a few minutes and give us a uh, takeaway from the call, wrap up uh, your teaching so we have something to leave everyone with here tonight. Okay, so um, if I were to sum this all up, I want to tell you the story of The Wizard of Oz because I think in The Wizard of Oz, Frank Baum was giving us all the answers and virtually everything that I've spoken about tonight. Think about The Wizard of Oz. First off, you have Dorothy, and Dorothy has this little dog named Toto. And through a storm, and all of a sudden, Dorothy and Toto find themselves in a place called Oz. And they've landed on top of what looks like Ronald McDonald in the movie, but it turns out to be the Wicked Witch. They wind on top of the Wicked Witch, and, uh, and they find themselves in a place called Munchkinland, and all Dorothy wants to do is get home. That's her big main goal. She wants to get home. That's her dream. That's her vision. And so she wants to get home. And so the munchkins tell her the way she gets home is following the yellow brick road. And so she has to follow the yellow brick road because at the end of the yellow brick road is the thing called the Emerald City. And the Wizard of Oz is there. And the Wizard of Oz can get her home. And so... She starts following the yellow brick road. A little bit way down the yellow brick road, she comes across the Scarecrow. Scarecrow was played by Michael Jackson in The Wiz. And what does the Scarecrow want? He only wants a brain. And so all he wants to do is have a brain. So she goes, well, why don't you follow me? We'll take the yellow brick road, and I bet you the Wizard of Oz has the answer for you. Go down, down the yellow brick road a little bit farther, they come across the Cowardly Lion. And what does he want? C -c 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 Courage. They go farther down the yellow brick road, and they come across this tin man who's all rusted up because he's crying a lot. And what does the tin man want? The tin man wants a heart. And then farther down the yellow brick road, tragedy begins to happen. Spider monkeys, scary things like what happens in real life. The Wicked Witch jumps on out like happens in real life. And oddly, the Wicked Witch, with a bucket of water poured on her, like all insubstantial fears, she melts away into nothingness. They travel the yellow brick road, they get to the very end, and when we start looking back over the story, let's just look at it for a minute. When someone had to come up for, with a solution for the problem, who was that? The Scarecrow, each and every time. When someone had to operate from a place like Courage, who did so? The Lion. And who was always resting up because they were crying all the time? the one who didn't have a heart. When we get to the very end of it all, we find out that Dorothy was at home all along. You have what you want inside you. You always have. The yellow brick road, life, is to reveal it to you, to show you what you have, to so show you that the superpowers within have always been there, what they needed was the challenges of life to bring them out. Keep your keep your keep on the path and bring it to the end and try to have some fun along the way. How's that, Kat? That was awesome. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing with us tonight. This is great. And thank you everyone listening in. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, November 14th, p. 
PSI Director of Training Kathy Quinlan Perez will be with us next month as we discuss how to be the calm in the storm and uncover your significance. You can register now at PSILive.com and remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's PSILive.com. If you're getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic course, you can go to PSIBasicSeminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night. Good night.